Two Locks and a Cox. From Devon's Radio X. I'm Chris Bentley, your host, former Exeter Chief, and I'm joined every week by my good rugby friend, Ian Dunstan. Good afternoon, Ian. Afternoon, Chris. I hope you're well. We also have a very special guest in the, in the episode this week, Miss Sarah Cox. Good afternoon, team. Good afternoon, Coxie. Now, the format we're going to try and work on every week is three topics. One on field, one off field, and one in the bin. But this week, as it's our inaugural episode, we've got a fair bit more to get through. So we're going to look at the women's rugby final. We're going to look at Chiefs finances in the Premiership, the Rugby World Cup, grassroots clubs. And because we've got Sarah Cox, we're going to have to have a chat around the new tackle law that's going to affect 99.9% of rugby players, but not the 0.1% that it actually matters for. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X. Ian, it's your first time on a podcast. I think you are very much a rugby man. I know you very well, but I'd like people to understand a bit more about you. Can you tell us just a little bit about your provenance in the game? Well, nice and easy there. It was uh, age 30 and I was uh, sponsoring Chris at Exeter Chiefs. We were going out having fun together and he said, uh, no, you've got to now play the game. So he took me to the gym, uh, built the machine and then went dominating the local ex, uh, the Exmouth team and uh, well Exmouth fourth team captain uh, the only one there's ever been and uh, yeah it kind of went on from there so started rugby age 30 and then a few years ago I uh, took my referees qualification so I thought I've been a nose on the pitch I can uh, instead of having just 15 people the opposition hated me I could have all 30. So, I mean, you really are a, a voice of club rugby, though. You, you, I mean, you, you are exactly the dream that rugby should be. You pick up the game at any age, any size, any shape, and you, you make an absolute success out of it. Exactly, and I've uh, been to Dubai with the Armed Forces Legends. It's fantastic. I've played in Gloucester with you against the mighty uh, Mike Tyndall. And, yeah, just get invited to great places, and it's the love of the game. And, and we've got our special guest this evening... Miss Sarah Cox, it's this evening now, it went from afternoon to the evening. I'll slowly get organised with my temporal um, bias, but uh, Coxie, hello. Hello, hello. We've gone into some sort of time warp, haven't we? We've yeah, gone we back in time, forward in time, and now we're here in the present. I know, look, it's the first hit out. We'll, we'll find our format as we go, but it's all working quite well. I love well. that, it's the first hit out. <laughs> rugby noise. I am, completely. <laughs> look, everything's going to come back to rugby. We also have... The god of rugby, Brad, who's looking after us all. We might get, we might get a little a, a voice from Brad at some point if we're getting it wrong. Possibly. I, I, I've named him Bossy Brad already. Bossy well, Brad. Well, that's it, yeah. That's a, like Clarkson's Farm, isn't it? Like Cheerful <laughs> yeah. Charlie. We've got yeah. Bossy, Bossy Brad. Brad. BTC. He we told me talk off. about that. <laughs> right. Well, this weekend, coming Saturday the 24th, Exeter Chiefs women will take on Gloucester Hartbury at Gloucester in the final of the Allianz Premier 15s. Exeter Chiefs women, Ian, take it away. Eulogise about how magnificent they have been. Oh, it's just amazing, isn't it? It's a team that's not that old. It was really put together uh, and they've done a fantastic job all the way through this season. Um, they've just built on on their success and they've really, uh, uh, every week they put out a, a different team because of the number of stars from different countries they've got and selection and injuries and things like that. And it's just raised the profile amazingly for Exeter. There's huge crowds coming to Sandy Park now, which is really good to see and that's just because of their success because of how well they're doing how well it's being publicised by everybody in the RFU uh, we've got games on TV or, or, or on BT Sport now which is brilliant and it's just bringing in that whole women's rugby which is very very strong in the West Country I, I, As a father of a daughter I've seen just how important this team can be uh, at first I was quite a cynic and, and wasn't too turned on by it but when I took Beatrice along and she was so enthused and, and to have role models, and, and I'll come back to this with Coxie in a minute, to have to have role models to see and aspire towards, for me as a, as a white middle class man, the world's designed for me, it's dead easy. But to have these people doing it is is 
fantastic. And the fact that the Exeter Chiefs have put rocket fuel in it, and there is a bit of controversy that, that there aren't many Exeter girls or, or West Country girls in their team. And I think we do have to certainly play devil's advocate and have a chat around that. But uh, as, as, as a success story so far, it's been second to none. Claudia McDonald's now going to be the uh, coach for the Exmouth women's team, which is starting up this season. Brand new team. She's confirmed as the coach and that's spreading out throughout uh, the other grassroots women's clubs that, uh, and teams that they've now got this coaching base that's here. Sorry, there was a spider climbing up the back of your chair and I'm it was getting closer to me, so I thought I'd intervene. <laughs> I'm not scared of spiders. Have you just killed it? <laughs> no, I just give it a good old flick. It's oh, somewhere wow. across the other side of oh, the room. wow. She abused Sorry. me. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, right, Coxie. <laughs> Women's rugby. How, I mean, obviously, you've been you've been sort of like a, a, a single star shining her light in in rugby, and all of a sudden, there's been this huge proliferation of women's sport. I'd say the lionesses in the football was was the starter of it, but now rugby really is grabbing hold of the ball and running with it. Yeah, somebody's setting a, a, a fire underneath them at the moment, aren't they? Um, and I think if we if we just could go back and, and look at the entirety of the AP15s, not just the stuff down in the southwest, I think we now have probably one of the best leagues in the world um, and I think that in itself is is something that we really need to be proud of. Um, the RFU have really pumped some money into it, they've really pumped some support into it, they've set up separate businesses if you like to, to make sure that this works and the way that they're, they're structuring the whole thing they want longevity. They want a league that's going to stay like this. And I think it's really important that we set a platform, not just for in this country, and, and like you touch on around sort of extra using extra girls. I think what we need to look at at the moment is, is a, a league as its entirety. And we are setting a platform for the game globally at the moment. Um, and you saw that in the Women's World Cup. You saw some of the quality of players coming through. You saw, you know, USA, Canada where a lot of their teams and, and a lot of their players come into to this league to play. Phenomenal athletes. And you can see that they're a step ahead of, of other nations. So if we can keep that ball rolling and we can keep the, the competitiveness, we're only going to grow the global game, not just the game in this, in this country. The, the big thing for me, though, is, is the, the identity that the game's going to take. And it really is like a family environment. It's a, it's a completely different experience to the men's rugby. You go to men's rugby, you can have a few drinks. Well, I certainly have a few drinks. Get, get a bit loose, have a crack. The women's rugby is, is more. I'm going to take my younger kids along. They're going to have a whale of a time. And, and the thing that I, I'm appreciative of more than anything, and I'll say it's the North Americans, the Canadians and the American girls, they're amazing. They've got time for everybody. Uh, and, and they will be out there having a chat, having a crack. And, and it's almost like they're missionaries. They're, tr they're trying to bring this game to, to a new audience and really enthuse them. And I like that. What I hope they do is they continue to make a new furrow and not just follow the men's game, which at the moment we're going to talk about later is chewing itself up. Yeah, I, th I think they're pretty determined uh, not to follow the men's game in some respects. We've, we've got to understand that there's, there's got to be a blueprint somewhere of, of rugby because the men's game is what started it and, and has continued it. But we're, we're sort of entering into a new era now and, and women's rugby is, is taking that blueprint and is now starting to find its own feet, its own brand, its own style of playing. And if you look at it, it's some of the, the purest rugby that you'll watch. Like, you look at the ball in play time, it's higher than the men's in some, some way games. More, way more skillful in so many ways. It's not Shut all up. about... I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm going to call you that. It's not way more skillful. It, it's, it, it, we'll get there. There's, there's, okay. there's certain individuals that you could put them in the men's game yes. without the, the contact and the physicality. Kate Zachary could play men's rugby. She's but an absolute beast. It's not the collision. You're looking for the collision yes. for that. So I'm looking at actually the, 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 the skill set that they have, that they're not just trying to dominate a collision the whole time. And exactly that. And I, I think that's the difference, is that old school rugby 
people like Chris Bentley wants to see wax they want to see the collision game they want to see well i, you, I do too because it's all i could do well, exactly exactly because you you come from you come from an era that 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 was predominantly what you wanted to achieve and we're yetis and you are yetis and yeah this is this is a big thing for me am i am i becoming the dinosaur yes you are do you reckon you are yeah you are and you, you are the dinosaur i've watched you play rugby numerous times <laughs> and all you wanted to do was hit rucks and yeah. clear people out you and was, i've seen you, you hit rucks. To be a refereeing, though. no but i've seen him it. hit rucks like two minutes it's, late just because he wanted to hit something it's, it's piano shifters and piano and piano players though guys you know you need you need your piano players of course you do it's piano there's, shifters there's, even there's <laughs> piano players and then there's people that should have retired a long time ago he's not played for ages i'm still playing no, i, I want to pick up on that point though no right. i, I want to pick up on that point because you're you're very that was very dinosaur of you yeah to say about the skill level. I think you're absolutely right, Ian. In, in the skill level is there. They want to play rugby. They want to keep the ball in play. We're not having 70, 80, 90 kicks a game. We're, we're having people that want to keep the ball alive and they will move it out of a ruck quickly. I can see some of the stats in my internationals that, that these rucks are being, you know, the balls are being moved out of these rucks under under two seconds, under like 1.5 seconds. I like the You see it, they're looking for the mismatch where the quick back tries to run at one of the fatties like me and they just boom and they're, and they're finding spaces it's great I, th- I think I think that's the thing is they want to find space they want to find space and they want to move the ball they want the skill level and there's less kicking which makes more of an entertaining no, I'll, game I'll give you that and I, I, I use a different terminology I say there's more um, there's more innocence about the women's game there isn't the cynicism of the yes. men's game because in the men's game there isn't the space there is the physicality you have to kick because the defence is just too strong you can't play through it you can't play round it yeah. so you have to kick whereas in the women's game there's there are mismatches there are yeah. still girls that haven't got the condition of others they're, they're, you start to get passengers in the game and if you play a high attrition fast paced game you're gonna, you are going to be able to pick people off and, and that's because of the innocence because the, the cynicism hasn't got there and I, I hope it doesn't arrive no, and I, I think you you still get those mismatches in in men's rugby, and you still get the the players that aren't as as you know as fit as other players, and so on and so forth. It's all there. It's everything so is the I, same I, in that I, sense. I, I, I debate not at the top level. At the top level, everyone is super fit, super fast, super strong, super league. <laughs> but sorry, everything just, you weren't basically. Yeah, totally. But 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 <laughs> they are quite strong. Quite strong. All right, yeah. Look, this isn't this isn't the take the mick out of Bentley Day. It is. It, it should is. be. Okay, right, look. I want to move on because a good <laughs> podcast is a quick podcast. There's only one other thing, and I am I'm I'm being a bit of a provocateur deliberately, but the, the, there's been uh, murmurs about the Exeter Chiefs having developed their team with rocket fuel because they brought players in from all over the world. I'd like to know your take on that. I don't think that's any different to any of the other teams to be honest we've we've got quite a depth of of players from all over the world um you look at harlequins they've got players from australia all the way through to to girls from the six nations um so i think every team has got that it's probably more prevalent in some teams than others um if you look at glossper hartbury they've got a big contingent of welsh um, same with Bristol. It's regional, isn't it? So they're, they're pulling the regions in because exactly. that's where they've got... It was because the women's game hasn't been developed and there aren't that many local teams. The talent's not there yet, but now that's what they're starting to do. So they're now they're becoming farmers, just like the academy does with the Chiefs. It takes uh, lads from uh, the university, and that's exactly what the, the women's game's trying to do now and develop. That's why Claudia McDonald's gone to Exmouth to try and develop this talent and yeah. find it, because it's there. I mean, I, well, my favourite, Gabby Cantor, I think she's involved with Sydney with a few of the others so yes 
Yeah, yeah. And we, we've just got to keep this momentum of, of the league. We've got to keep it. Like There, there are some rules and, and laws coming in next year around England qualified players. And, and don't test me on that because I don't know the ins and outs of it. But there, there is there is ways that the RFU want to, to make sure that they're building that pathway and they're making sure that there, there are English qualified players coming through. I get that. But at the same time, they're doing a very good job of using this as, as effectively an incubator, a place where international players can come play some very good quality rugby and then go back to their own countries and take that skill and bring it into internationals and bring it into World Cups and you see these clash of titans now that are happening. They've protected the league as well, haven't they, with promotion and relegation because there's some really good clubs in the in the tier below who are desperate to play uh, in the, the Prem. But. Yeah, and I, th- I think you have to do that. You have to protect this a little bit. We, we've got to remember, it's not been around for very long and if you can, if you do it comparatively to the men's game, there, there, there's a massive gap in, in age, if you like, of, of the, the, the two games. So there's got to be this, this almost this um, sort of trial period of, of working out what's best for the league, what's best for the players, and what's best globally for the game. Um, and we are, as as a nation, one of the powerhouses of, of women's rugby. So that's along with France as well. So how are we how are we growing the rest of the game so that when we get into World Cups, you see. People, you know, teams like Canada coming in and competing for top spots, but they don't have the funding that that we do in this country. So if we can grow that and and make it competitive. So that, 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 that saves really nicely into the next topic off the field. The finances, Chiefs finances, Premiership finances, because at the moment, a lot of the women's rugby is being bankrolled by men's teams because they're associated with them. Now, we can see that there's a future where it, it hopefully will stand on its own two feet, but rugby finances in general, Ian... Go well. It's a, it's a big topic, isn't it? And very hot at the moment. Tony actually, uh, Tony Rowe felt that he needed to put a statement out after the way that the some of the press have been going after the the club and especially the Chiefs because of the the investment and the Chiefs is built on solid foundation. Always has been from the days of when they sold the county ground to build Sandy Park, the continual development of Sandy Park and the building of the hotel last year, which is showing great business, great capacity rates, and the Chiefs could free up some cash by getting some other investment in the hotel. Uh, and that's how that business was built. So it's built on foundations that the rugby's definitely there. It needs to it needs to be there and promote its money. But the Sandy Park Conference Centre, all the business uh, side of that on field, off field, is all part of their strength, as opposed to some of the other clubs that have got big financial investors or owners that are, are, are happy to, to keep funding their clubs because it's something that they love, it's their passion. And then you've got the people who are just struggling and that's what we've seen in the in the clubs that we've lost this season, of which there are now sadly three. Yeah, it's it's it's. A re- I'm really strong on this, and if anyone wants to have a look on my Twitter, like I, I believe that the money's not in the game, and if it's not there, it shouldn't be spent on player salaries. And and for some reason, everybody doesn't acknowledge that 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 is the the absolute elephant in the room. If you pay the players less money, all of the revenues go down. But that means we can actually charge less on our ticket prices. We probably get more people into the grounds, and then we can grow the game in a more sustainable fashion. It is, but that's what they've tried to do with the salary cap, and then they've played the salary cap uh, routine in the game, and that's very difficult because there's just been this vast difference, and it's gone down again this year. Chiefs have lost a f- lost a few superstars, and you know Rob Baxter's been really open with it. It's just purely down to budget. Yeah, but don't you think it's obscene that Bath are going to play Finn Russell a million pounds a year? Just, just think if you took that million pounds, you could invest it in championship tier or national one tier. You, you could set up a whole academy structure for, for a club like Taunton. With a million quid, you could bring through five or six players in a few years' time that would be absolutely 
world, well, they wouldn't be world beaters, but they'd, they'd be international, they'd be premiership class with, with, with so much more support and structure, yet we're, we're, we're spunking it on a player who's from Scotland, is going to go back to Scotland, has no dedication to the West Country. I'm, I'm, yeah, I've used a term that's possibly, excuse me if that term's off for anyone, but, but uh, it's a northern colloquialism, so let's roll with it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I love that one, yeah. I can see that definitely getting cut out, Chris. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm now, it's, I'd stay in the edit. So carry on. Uh, what's your take on that? Are we, are we happy with the salaries being paid? Well, look, do, do, you, do, do we need marquee players? Yes, we do. We need marquee players because everyone needs a hero. They say you should never meet your hero, but uh, but it's great. And could, people like could, Finn could Russell. We, could we not make a hero out of Tom Wyatt? He's, he's a local boy. His story is boy's own, rejected by the academy, works hard, doubles down, comes back, absolute worldy in the European quarterfinal, yeah. uh, and a superstar. And he's one of our own. He, he is, but but he's not Stuart Hogg. And Stuart Hogg has uh, has represented Scotland and captained it a record amount of times. He was the world's best fullback when he came to the Chiefs. He's done an amazing job. And then he's brought people like Josh Hodge on and Tom Wyatt because he's but, been training with them. They want to be Stuart Hogg. But are. are, are are you not more likely going to infuse the local the local support from the region if you've got guys from the region and and, and Tom Wyatt was up against Will Elms of the, the South African fullback and made him look like a kid and 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 carving round um, the big uh, he looks like Lord Fauntleroy the prop with the ginger hair I can't think of his name just signed for Ulster but but Steenkamp um, it's not Steenkamp it'll come to me in a minute it's it's accessing through my brain it takes a while but surely that's a better thing to market and I appreciate you've got these superstars but could we not make our own superstars I'm 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 on the verge of being almost xenophobic with this, but are, but like, look at Panto. Yeah, we get the uh, an EastEnders actor yeah, to but, go and headline the Panto, but, and then the rest but this of the is, people. The, are there. That, again, this is possibly me being a dinosaur, and I'm happy for you to shoot me down. You're a boomer. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> but let's let's look at the European football final. Manchester City won the final. They had two Englishmen in their team, uh, and so so there's 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 rows of people turning up to support a team called Manchester City owned by Saudi Arabia with two Englishmen in their team they played an Italian team with five Italians so there's there's seven domestic players playing in a competition where there's 22 on the pitch and you go well, what are you cheering for? Yeah I, I get that but I think we're in a different time now you look at um, what's happening over in Miami at the moment with Messi moving to I, forgive me is it into Miami their, their ticket sales have gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. They're worth billions. Shirt sales. Yeah, so the shirt buy sales. a player to sell more shirts. Yeah, exactly. They, these are marketing tools. Um, okay, so 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 I'll concede that we'll have our superstars on the top. Yeah. But do you, Adam Coleman at London Irish? I do, do not believe that anybody is going to go and watch Adam Coleman at London Irish, and he was paid nine hundred thousand pounds a year. Maybe, maybe not, but the, the, that's for the clubs to deal with what they think is their marketing tool. But if the clubs aren't dealing with it because they keep going bust. And I, I wrote a piece for the Rugby Journal, just to see, you've got me going now. I wrote a piece for the Rugby Journal recently. I was at Oral when we had a rich benefactor come in and bought the club 20 years ago, and we all thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And we've still got benefactors buying into rugby clubs. Should we not end the, the, the era of the benevolent benefactor and start making it that your rugby has to stand on its own two feet? I, I think there's always an argument for that. And no, I, There is an argument. No. nice just because if you go on like that Chris of course there's arguments from both sides aren't there but that's the whole point of a podcast we want to have a bit of disagreement we want to have a go at each other but this is my train and I'm not going to let you play with my train (laughs) that's essentially what these owners are doing it's their train set and they want to do it if um, Bruce Craig wants to spend that million pounds and get his mate Dyson in to to help fund it then why not they've earned it they work really hard they've got great businesses and their hobby and their passion is Bath but Mick Cross 
Rossenham's hobby and passion was London Irish and he's just left 70 people without a job. But isn't he, isn't he going through something in the background as well? Is that not what the media has said? Yeah, but there's, well, Tom Pearson's now gone to London Irish. To, um, there's three there's three young, youngsters have gone to London Irish. There's a load of guys without a job. Paddy Jackson, definitely goose. He's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, but, and, but uh, and, and how is that any different to, to a business going under as well? Like, we've got to remember that at the same time... I these... think if, if 23% of, of, of a market sector went bust in one year... The, the people will get involved and go, yeah, we probably... Well, they have, haven't they? Yeah. The government's got involved. Yeah, but the bloke that's coming from, London, from Rugby League. Just look at what Rugby uh, League people say about him. Regardless, you I know, should Bill, be the commissioner. Bill Sweeney is, is sat in front of the government and he has had to answer some very tough questions. I did enjoy that. Same with Simon Massey-Taylor. And, and at the same time, these guys have come in a long time down the road. So th- there's got to be an opportunity that it looks like we're about to hit the reset button on rugby. Okay, and if that's the case, we've got to give these guys an opportunity to say, right, okay, we've got to we've got to tidy up what's just happened. We understand there's nobody on this planet that that doesn't understand that it can't continue like this because we won't have we won't have a league full stop. And it's better that three went in one year than one going each year. Yeah, hundred percent. But on but but on on the grapevine, you know, you're hearing Newcastle are are struggling, Northampton are struggling, Leicester are still for sale. If anyone wants to buy it, they've been for sale for two years. No one wants to buy it. Genuinely. Andrew Pynchon, the, 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 the chief exec at Leicester, is like, if somebody would come in and buy this club, we would sell. And they, they had to get two big supporters to reinvest to look after it. And now would have been a time for an advert. You could have your business associated with the West Country's own rugby podcast. Get your adverts in, get in touch with the team at Radio X, and we could have you, rather than me, speaking at this moment. Two locks and a cox. From Denham's Radio X. We've spoken about the rugby finances. I want to put them in the bin. I think it is time to put something in the bin. Uh, it's our third and final topic of the, the morning, uh, afternoon, sometime in, in, in the temporal We're time name. warping again, We're time aren't warping we? again, yeah. yes. Um, the tackle laws. Wow. Oh, and you look at me for this one, don't you? <laughs> well, no, to be honest, there's no point looking at you for this one, Coxie, because you won't have to referee them. No. No, no, but Ian, I, I definitely hand, have to have an awareness of okay, them. Okay, well, you can have an awareness of them and you're going to do your bit because the RFU spies will be listening. But Ian, yeah. you are a rugby referee. You're involved heavily in clubland. How has this been received? I am a rugby referee, all qualified and everything. I have uh, my own whistle. I know, that's a frightening thought in <laughs> itself, to be honest. <laughs> I know all the laws. And I'm a nose. I'm glad you, you do. You know that. I'm glad you right, do. So, well, most of them. Which so is unusual for a second. law, talk to me. The new law, the tackle height, it's a massive sort of reverse and shift and movement by the RFU. When they first brought it in, they talked about it being hips and below. Uh, clubs, the grassroots clubs, it's not being applied to premiership or championship, it's the levels below. And then they, they were having the big debate about where have we said the hips are or then the waist or then below the armpit. Uh, Chris and I discussed it, we said we think all rugby kits should have a line across it, like below nipple and above navel and the make it easier for the referee because of all of these things it's all about what you see and the material effect of that and then how it goes from there uh, is a high tackle then going to be an instant penalty every single time is it going to be a yellow card if it's deemed more dangerous uh, it, it's really difficult and it's going to be really difficult at grassroots level for these referees that are the uh, one don't, don't use the term grassroots level because grassroots infers it's, 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 it's everybody but the elite tier and, yeah. and, and, and also let's just also say that all the statistics and, and factoids that they're using for the research have come from the elite tier so they're, they're actually imp- imposing upon 99% of rugby players a, a, a rule change that there is no demonstrable issue being caused by them playing rugby Whereas the demonstrable area where there definitely is an issue, 
There is no doubt that if you take day viewers and run him flat out into day viewers, things are going to go wrong. The planet will stop. Yeah, it probably would, actually. Mm. Then you really will have a time warp, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's where the issue lies. Yeah, we're leaving that open to it. And we're all trying to say we're trying to protect rugby, but that's the area where it's going wrong. Yeah, but aren't, aren't some of the studies coming from France and France's grassroots level or community rugby or, or however you want to Simon, term this? Simon Kemp's, Simon Kemp's report is all referring to data collected from premiership and championship level. And that's where the RFU are acting on. And, and, and they've also got this ridiculous, I think it's 11.3, that the, the ball carrier cannot show a, a demonstrable drop in height. Drop in height. So you're, you've got to run flat out, bolts upright. Which would have been all right for you, Chris. You've been fine. That's all you did. It would have have been a problem because it meant running. uh, That's it. The only time you knew that Chris was running faster was his knees got higher. There was no change in speed. I actually actually (laughs) looked at this on YouTube and showed his wife because she didn't believe me. Have you watched a giraffe run? For those listeners outside my mum and dad, I did actually play (laughs) over 300 games at at top level level rugby. You did. And I think we need to give you a bit more credit for that. But at the same time, yeah, but it's you, not about me. It's about this tackle so ball. Refereeing. It's about, so, refereeing. When I'm refereeing, <laughs> I'm the only person there. They're, 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 uh, we don't have assistant referees, yeah. touch judges, or whatever else. It's the, the it's the sub. So, that's so what's your the feeling? How are you going to do it? Are you going to speak to the captains beforehand and say, "I'm just going to sort of go with it"? Because I've, I've I've watched a couple of French games, and in all honesty, barring an absolute barbarian taking someone's head off, they just crack on. I will do it to within the law that's stated there. Uh, I won't talk to them about it. The decision <laughs> I make in the first minute will be the same decision I make in the 80th minute. It's just about consistency. If you stick consistency in there across all your decisions and everything that's below chest, nipple, whatever else there is there, and that's done and it's not dangerous, then that's that's how we'll apply it. Will we miss things? Of course we'll miss things. It's really difficult. It's <laughs> open play as well, don't forget. So it doesn't account for anything that's there on the line. If I'm doing a pick and go and going over the line, one of uh, my specialities from about six inches out, uh, uh, that's fine. You're allowed to hit anywhere on the body, but uh, it's open play. I, th- I think I think that's what we need to go back to is the point of um, being human beings. Like there seems to be this perception of referees at the moment that we're some sort of robots that want to come out and ruin people's afternoons. That's not the case. We are human beings that are open to interpretation. You ruined loads of my afternoons, Carl. Sorry, I did, <laughs> I did, and I also you, you, red carded you yeah, as well. That's only training. It's only training, not in a game. I've never had. A, I had one red card for trying to punch Alice Genge. True story. And as I pulled that my fist, me that as I that. pulled my fist back to hit him, a bloke ran into my elbow and knocked himself <laughs> over. And the ref sent me off for trying to elbow someone. And it wasn't. Was, it was that the clip that you sent me? Yeah, it was a clumsy punch. And I was on, I was on a sighting commission, and I was like, look, I was trying to punch him, and he ran into my elbow. And they're like, yeah, you're right. That would have been a yellow card, not a red. That's fabulous. So my red card was rescinded. You've yellow carded me as well, Sarah. Thanks. No, hundred percent. I've got. Yeah, I've I've done. Yeah. But, well, YouTube okay, are monsters. Look, this is, about, this, this is not about me and you just slopping out and, and, and having our egos out. No, no. But we need to go back to the fact that this is going to be open to interpretation at the moment. It's going to be a little bit of a find our way um, and find what is comfortable for, for all of us. So we've got to give each of us an opportunity to, to work out how this works. So, yeah, you probably are going to go into the captain and say, bear with me. This is new for me as well. I don't. I, I've not practiced this. I don't go home into my bedroom and and try and work out where the tackle height is. What I what I do is I, I come out onto these pitches and I practice this with you guys as well. 
I will do my best as as I can, but I'm going to get some things wrong. And there's this expectation from players and the outside world that referees should be getting 110% of things right. 110% doesn't exist, Sarah. I knew knew he was going to gnaws on that. I knew he was going to gnaws on that. Uh, The other one, I want to flip onto this one as well, Ian, because you also play. I do. Now, I've heard lots of voices saying, I'm not going to, I'm not playing anymore because I like to tackle high and I'm not going to learn because I'm over 25 and that's that and I'm dropping out. Are you picking up similar vibes or is that just me anecdotally? People playing rugby, of course they're still going to play. They're saying they're not. How long's the 50-22 law been in for now, Sarah? Oh, God. Two years, three yeah, years? Yeah, a couple of years at uh, least. In the games I've refereed, I've given one. Really? Yeah. I, I, a, I think that's the best law change that we've it, had. It's fantastic. You've got the ability to do it. But, <laughs> you have. <laughs> exactly that. So what I'm saying is we're saying that... Are you, are you telling me that on Exeter Saracens pitch that's probably a little bit shorter on their second team pitch that you couldn't dink a 50-22 from... Like, I, I think no, it's a it, fabulous... It hits the ground fam- and just gets stuck in the mud. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that, that's that's true. the reason. Well, actually, that was where you yellow carded me. And that's where I start, first started playing rugby as well. That's where, that's where I learnt my craft. That's probably why. So I've given one of those 50-22s in all that time and all the games that I've refereed. Mm-hmm. And it, do you know what? It could be the same with this tackle height. We we don't see as many as you think you do. We do see these clumsy sort of hands on shoulders and because they haven't learnt to tackle properly in the under-12s. Uh, but I think you'll find there'll be a lot less tackles that that actually are higher than, than they are I've, I've gone f- full circle on this at first I was totally against it and then I actually regressed and thought what was I coached in rugby and it was cheek to cheek ring of steel drive for five it was all about low tackling get it but when you go into the elite tier you've got to win the collision well you they're going to... for the dominant collision every well, single time I, I, I remember vividly being taught by Mike Gregory Great Britain Rugby League right Ben Tosh you've got to tackle high you've got to, you've got to twat them excuse the language that's what he used to say and I had to just hit people high and knock them backwards and that was all I was coached now at the elite level where there's a demonstrable issue they're going to carry on doing it and everybody else where it doesn't really matter you're going to carry on tackling as you should I, and, and, and it's where the result doesn't matter as much the game line isn't as important because exactly. you're playing for fun and I, th- I think what we're forgetting a little bit is that this is about the next generation of rugby players coming through right we, we, we have lived one way where you know the amount of times we've seen on the county ground with two inches of water and they still played the game it was right? about a thousand tons of sand but, well, but yeah exactly so we don't get that anymore because there's safety there's more of a, a, a thing about health and safety there's the same thing oh, that's, no, that's Coxie, happening you're, here you're, you're in you're in your gilded tower here. I'm telling you at club yeah. you can have some you can have some decent pitches I think at the elite I, tier I, absolutely I think you and, also and, and, I, but this but again right okay counter argument at the elite tier because they're going to try and bring this in ultimately should we do that and, and is it just a, a continual regression until we end up with touch rugby or should we adopt do you know what Rugby union, there is now a risk that you could get a brain injury. You choose because everybody knows now it's out there in the open. But no, I haven't seen a single professional rugby player say there's a risk I could get a brain injury. I'm not going to play. They're all still playing, and and so if, if if we're accepting that that is a risk, do we say right? It is part and parcel of rugby union. This might happen. Well, let, let me go back to my Boxing, original point. MMA. Right. Let me go. Motorsport. Let me go back to my original. The risk point. is the reward. <laughs> <laughs> he had to get that in, didn't he? Oh, of course. I think it's from my is, um, rookie. Oh, what's his name? You he's, think he's about got the an name. Amazing let me, podcast. Yeah. He, he said the risk is the reward. Next uh, up, it'll be there's no Eddie iron Stevens. Team. Eddie Stevens. But there's five eyes. No, but Eddie Stevens. Brilliance. It, no, but it's absolutely true. The risk is the reward. What do we want to do with rugby union? Ultimately, I, I don't know. I, look, that that is a question for another day, and we can spend that that whole topic and hours speaking about it. At the end of the day, there there needs to be some changes. We've accepted that. That's what's happening at the moment with regards to to the the tackle heights in in the community level. We've got to remember that this is about the next generation of kids coming through and to go back to to your under 12s 
that that there is your, your target market because those guys will go on. There will be pathways. We will find our way through this. We will work out how it all works. And all of a sudden, it won't be a topic anymore. Right. And this is driven from the uh, better coaching that all these kids well, receive no, but, now. But the, but the kids get like, right, as I say, you always coach that. It's only when you go into the seniors in the game know, line. Because, you know, people's dads who didn't really know anything were the coach and just they, stepped they in. They had the same ring of steel, drive for five, but cheek to Now cheek. people's dads... But you keep referring back to the elite game. We, there are lots of things that happen in the elite game that do not happen in the rest of rugby. You don't go out at Exeter Saracens on a Saturday. And by the way, I, I've done all the community level stuff i've been out there in in the the depths of winter you don't have a tmo you don't have assistant referees you don't have the media you don't have oh the, God, the scrutiny you know, that's going to be for another i want to talk about tmos because you've got a lot to say about that and it's ace but that's for another episode that you can all tune into and listen to and if you're enjoying yourself on for rook's sake do get in touch because we are still looking for a few more sponsors just throwing that one in. Carry nice on segue. Nice Carry segue. On I like what you've done there you've got so, one minute and then we're moving on but but so so my point is you can't compare apples and pears okay they are a fruit we understand that and that's the same with rugby is a tomato yes it's a fruit because it's got seeds be quiet (laughs) but what what we what we are what we are in at the moment stop comparing to the elite level that deals with itself on its own that is a different beast and a different a a different business it's all part of a similar collective correct correct but you can't compare that you can't compare what we need to talk about is what is happening at grassroots rugby and community level rugby however you want to term this it's not it's not the rfu line it it is about the fact that we. What the RFU says, I've got to say. It's not at all. It's not at all. <laughs> I thought I was coming on here to talk about the NBA, but I've talked about something whoa, completely whoa, right, different. Right, hang on a minute, right? Hang on. So oh. that's in the bin. Done. We have now concluded our in the bin. We've done on the field, off the field, in the bin. I just need Sarah to pick Cox, something off the floor. Hang on a minute. Sarah Cox has just dropped something, and I think we just need to. Hang on. I'm just gonna. <laughs> It needed the extra bit of trumpet that you normally have because Sarah Cox has been awarded an MBE. Ladies and gentlemen, Dame Sarah Cox. Round of applause from everybody here. Round of applause for Dame Sarah Cox. So, Coxie, talk us through your escalation to royalty. Right, first thing, it's not Dame. Let's be very clear. As much as you, as much as you guys would so love that to be the case. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah, yeah Leader of the realm. Dame Sarah Cox. Do you Cox. carry Penny Morden's sword? I don't even know who Penny Morden is. Oh my is. god! You, 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 that's you going to get your MBE revoked? Oh, okay. Right, come should on, I, should I research tell us, this? Tell us about your MBE. My MBE, yes. Well, what I originally thought I was coming on here to talk about, but we've ended up in an argument about what the state of rugby, a which is great, debate. or a, a debate. debate. Sorry, a debate. I should be should be politically correct. Um, Yes, my MBE. Yeah, I have. Uh, the king has been kind enough to uh, let me know he'd like to give me an MBE. And uh, did he call? You, did he call? How's this? Look, I haven't got an MBE. It's a really strange process. Yes. Brad the God, have you got an MBE? I haven't got an MBE. No, Brad, Ian, have you got an MBE? I don't. Unfortunately. No, Coxie. None of us. And my mum and dad and, and Ian's mum listening to this. They're the only people listening. None of them have got MBEs. Tell tell us how it happens. So it's it's really it's a really interesting <laughs> process because in in my head, I must admit, considering it's it's quite a prestigious award, I thought it would come through in some sort of, I don't know, presentation box or or some, something like a, a special delivery track. Please don't say me every just chucked it over your uh, gate. Next door neighbour's gate. Worse. <laughs> Worse. Yeah. Right. So this this is fabulous. I love this. And so I come home. I've, I've been away for three days um, up in London. 
and I go to I live in a flat so I've got a post box downstairs it's not it doesn't come through my door flat massive apartment it's, it's apartment. not a massive apartment On and before RFU you start coin, it's you know, not it's penthouse. not a penthouse yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to go for did a your, penthouse did your, did your butler bring it up for you no no he no. did not okay. um, no so so I obviously opened my post box I picked out all the letters and I was like oh okay and there was one that looked very official um, and it had a stamp on it saying it's come from the home office and the first thing that went through my head... You're going to be deported. What have I been fined for? Right. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, this looks really official as well. What did I do in New Zealand? Not that what bad. What you did in New Zealand, okay. we never talk about, Ian. That's okay. tall. Not on air, you, sorry. What goes on Carry tour on. Carry goes on Facebook. So, anyway, so I opened this letter. And by, by the way, this letter has got a piece of sellotape on the <laughs> back to keep the envelope down. stuck Sticky down. Sticky back plastic. Yeah. And I open it up and... It has the a proper home office title and what have you, and it says in strict confidence. And I was like, oh, oh god! I was like, this right, is you're, really, you're, really bad. I'm in really you've big run trouble. Over somebody. <laughs> and not known about it. This is like goodness me. And I start reading, and it says in bold letters, like halfway down, MBE. And I was like, dear God! So I very quickly skimmed over the top of it and burst into tears. And then phoned, well, you're not supposed to, but I phoned my mum and I said, they're giving me an MBE. Wow. And that, that was it. So What did your mum do? She burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> and she stood, she stood there and she, she said on the phone, she said, things like this don't happen to us. Yeah. I said, I know, oh, Mum. Oh, I know. Nice? So I'm, bless her. I'm feeling tearful now. Oh, I'm a staunch oh. Republican. I don't care. No, no. no you're, you're, not, you're an old Chris. dinosaur. That's what you are. Boomer. <laughs> So I like obviously I went around to speak to Mum. We read the we, we read, read the letter and I started googling it and I started googling the email address and the the yeah. phone number because I thought oh, yeah. this is a very nasty right, right. joke so, someone's right. played on me. So, a so very nasty joke. So then did you get a phone call? So yeah, fast forward. So we've done all this research. Yeah. We've worked out so that actually podcast, it might be okay. Coxie, I, know, I know you you know you're feeling good, but come on. Well, well, you asked me for the story. Yeah. So anyway, so we've Googled it. <laughs> no, we've got the, through the it. The abridged version. <laughs> <laughs> we've got through it. I love you, but Brad, not the bully's going to jump in any minute Brad, now. I can see, I can see Brad Brad's looking over the top. Brad like, the rugby god, you two, and that's what we will call him, Brad the rugby god. Anything else and he will not acknowledge you. Isn't that right, Brad the rugby god? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Nice. Carry on. Care. So carry on, Coxie. So anyway, so we can fast forward. Yeah, I eventually get a phone call and it says, hi, my name's Sarah from the Home Office. Um, I'd like to speak to Sarah Cox. We go through and then they read the citation out of, of what's been basically applied for and, and how they've done it. But apparently you, you apply just to them and then they decide what award you're going to get. So it, they landed on MBE and she said, no, it's not a nasty joke that someone's played on you. Uh, it is real. So here you are and here's your MBE. And so you're and- go to the palace and see a royal who's going to... Put a, a at some point, yeah. yeah. At some point, so I'll be listed in his honours um, list when that comes out or is coming out, and uh, yeah. And then after that, within a six-week period, I go and pick up the medal from the palace. So Coxie, cool. you have not got an invite. So to come cool. To that, I, I could come to the palace. <laughs> I could. My mum's going. I'm the Republican. I'll overthrow <laughs> it. I've been before. I met Prince Charles. He asked me to teach him how to use the internet. King Charles. King Charles. There you go, brother God, you see, he tells you. He tells see? you how it is. Right, so King Charles has told you He was you a prince when I met him, so that's why I said it. Okay, nice. well, you nice. don't have to justify everything. Well, so, guys, I think it's been really good fun. If you have a business, get in touch with the team at Radio X. We'd love to have your business on board. We might even do like a Wayne's World, bring you in and have an interview about your thoughts on rugby. We've had a little chat about the women taking on um, Gloucester in the... Allianz Premier 15's final, which we didn't actually have predictions. I think Chiefs are going to run away with it. 36-12. Ian, Oof. your thoughts on that score? 
Wow, that's strong. It's uh, it's a uh, artificial oh, hope, pitch. I hope, hope Rogers is going to run over everybody and Speed. score loads. And it, then my it, daughter's favourite player, Lindy Van der Velden, is going to come off the bench and score a couple more. Great. I, I, I'm going with you then. 36-12. Okay, and Rachel Johnson will always be smiling. She's the most happy woman in the history. Try and, there's a challenge for anyone listening this far. If you can find a, a, a picture of Rachel Johnson, Ray Ray J, smi- not smiling, I'll, I'll give you a fiver. <laughs> and it has to be predated. Has to be has to be predated from from now. So if if, if any, you, you can't, she, you, she, she'll pose a silly one. Never has to be in the past because I've never seen a picture of her not smiling. You'll borrow the fiver off me because you never have cash on you, Chris. Fact, I am the queen. That's true. Coxie, that's can true. you give us a score prediction, or are you not allowed to? No, rugby's the winner for me. Okay, that's fantastic. It's a game of two halves. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. We also looked at tackle height, and I think what we're going to have to do is wrap it up now. But we're, we're going to come back next month. We're going to have a look at the Rugby World Cup. We're going to have a look at Clubland. We definitely want to get some features on some clubs locally. If you've got some banter, some stories or anything, get in touch, let us know because we don't just want to focus on the Exeter Chiefs although they are a magnificent rugby team. We want to look at West Country rugby in general from Plymouth Albion to Pirates and everybody else. Get in touch, be a part of the debate, be in part of the conversation. I'd like to thank Sarah Cox. I'd like to thank Ian Dunstan. I'd like to thank Brad the Rugby God and I've been Chris Bentley. Two locks and a cox. From Devon's Radio X.